tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Welcome to Tribal Trails, and welcome to my trap line which is uh, called uh, Pazetko Lake, somewhere in northern Ontario, east of uh, Garden Hill, my home reserve. It's about 84 miles. <clears throat> and we, we come here every uh, fall around this time in September, October, and we do some uh, harvesting, uh, fish, moose meat, and... Uh, we do that, we come here, also a time to uh, reflect on the nature of God's, God's creation. And it's also a time of prayer and time, pray, prayer that we do here. So I'd like to welcome you uh, to our camp here. Thank you for welcoming us, uh, Arnold and Nettie. It's, it's a pleasure to be with you and experience the trap line with you. With you. Arnold, you mentioned that uh, you were here to get close to God and reflection and things like that. Tell me a little bit about how you came to know the Lord. We came to know Jesus Christ about uh, 34 years ago, in January uh, 4, I remember. Before that, we were living a life of sin and uh, everything was uh, not working out right for our family, for our relationship as well. We often say that uh, it was like uh, our relationship with each other was going down a drain and eventually it wouldn't be there. But uh, God intervened uh, one time. We heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ through young people sharing their testimonies on our local TV station. The living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways, nevertheless he left not himself without witness. One night I heard my wife praying. She was uh, crying and praying unto the Lord. I didn't say anything to her. I just laid in bed. But it was uh, the next day that I, I found it strange. Uh, she was much calmer. And throughout the next day, I was uh, convicted. The Lord has worked in my heart. And toward evening, uh, it was like that. I didn't feel like doing anything but just thinking about, about God. And then when I went to bed about 11 o'clock, 11.30, I was facing the wall. Uh, in bed, and I turn around and ask my wife, Natty, what, how does uh, one become a Christian? And she responded by saying, ask Jesus to forgive you. And that's what I did in prayer. Quietly facing the wall and saying, Lord, forgive me. That was the extent of my prayer, and I went to bed. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. I was living my life like there was no tomorrow. I had no direction doing my own thing. Satan had me bound with a heavy load. Every day he added another thing. But the chains fell away when I gave my heart to Jesus. The chains fell away when I put it under the blood. The chains fell away, no longer do they bind me. Broken in pieces by the power of his blood. The Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Colossae. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Had a big old chain wrapped around my heart Nothing could get out, nothing could get in Satan locked me up, he threw away the key He tried to keep me shackled to my sins But the chains fell away When I gave my heart to Jesus The chains fell away When I put it under the blood The chains fell away No longer do they bind me Broken pieces by the power of His blood Did you come to know the Lord first, Natty? Yes, I did. There's a time where so many things had happened in our lives and in our family life. Mm -hmm. Our two children at that time, they weren't secure and happy and we went through a lot as a family and uh, it was a time of darkness for me in the fact that I thought about suicide that's how how bad things were it seemed as if God spoke to me what are you going to do what are your children going to do and if you leave who's going to look after them those were the thoughts that came to my mind and my heart yeah and knowing for a fact, too, that I had been in residential school for many years, mm -hmm. I knew the feeling of alone. 
aloneness. Yeah. And also to um, not having somebody to, like a mother right yeah. close by me or a father close by me. And, and I didn't want my children to go through that. And also too that um, my parents were Christians. Oh. I know they had been praying for us. Oh, okay. But I never, I was always hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ because of what I had gone through as a young child. That's when God broke me and just started crying and crying and crying. Yeah. And um, I, I did almost take a gun because it was underneath my couch Aww. and it was loaded. I had put it there. It was a time of crossroads for me. King David said to the Lord, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. I gave my heart to Jesus at night, January 3rd, 11.30 at night. I remember it so well. Mm -hmm. And such a, a feeling of peace overcame me. I did not say anything to my husband. I did not say anything to anybody, and I went to bed like that. But the next morning was so different when I got up. I felt, I felt such an overwhelming peace in my life and a real calmness. <laughs> and uh, my husband, like he said, he didn't speak to me. It was a time where I knew something had changed in my life. I didn't really know exactly what happened, but God changed my life dramatically, dramatically. and drastically, yes. Praise God, for he has done what we cannot do. Our next guest, Bill Jackson, is going to teach an important doctrine of the Christian faith, the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. Maybe a long word, substitutionary. 
substitute, taking somebody's place. Instead of you, it's somebody else. That's in, in judgment instead of us. Jesus was our substitute. And uh, he is the only one that can be a substitute because all the rest of us are lost sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. It says Christ suffered for sins. You see, when Jesus came to do these things, it wasn't just kind of a holiday, a picnic, uh, sort of, oh, just a grand old time here. Hey, these things are, are big issues. This is one of the bigger ones That's that the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, a member of the Trinity, actually came to be human being for the purpose of dying in our place for us, that he, it says here, might bring us to God. And I might just ask right now, there will be a lot of you listening to this today. Have you been brought to God by Jesus Christ? Have you accepted that sacrifice of Jesus dying for our sins? Have you made him the savior of your soul? Have you asked him for the forgiveness of sins? You know, you could. And the best thing to do is to do it. When God speaks to you about it, and I believe even now, God could be speaking to you about this, that you should turn your life over to God, over to Jesus Christ, so that he can make a difference in your life, now and for all eternity. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's only one way to salvation. Jesus dying as a substitute in our place, nothing else can do that. For instance, we do know that a lot of the First Nations, and I wrote this in the booklet also, a lot in the First Nations depend on baptism as a means of getting to heaven. They believe that's what makes us Christian. Now, that is not true. You need to accept Jesus Christ by faith into your life. You're to talk to him. You're to deal with him. Make that business with him and say, Lord, you died for me and I want to be saved. Come into my life. That's talking with God. See, baptism does not save anyone. Although baptism is a big step 
in our obedience to God after we become Christians. Yet baptism is not a requirement or basis for salvation. For instance, the thief on the cross that asked Jesus for to be saved, like for him to be saved, he didn't come down from the cross to be baptized. And it's doubtful if he ever was baptized. In any case, baptism did not save him before or after, but it was faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what saved him. That's what, uh, why the Lord Jesus could say, today you will be with me in paradise. So, uh, we believe that uh, baptism for a believer comes after he has trust, put his trust in Jesus Christ, after he has been changed in his life, brought life to, to him by Jesus Christ give him a new life, then it's after that uh, because of our testimony. Our testimony is, I died with Christ. Here I am. I can go through the waters of baptism. The jailer in Philippi asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. The death of Jesus Christ is also the supreme sacrifice for sins. That is, there couldn't be anything greater than that and nothing le less than that would do. So the sacrifice, the, what we mean by that is when Jesus was put to death, he was a sacrifice. He was made a sacrifice to be, between us and God. He was made a sacrifice so that God can look at, at uh, his son dying and through him he can have mercy on us and he did so that we can be saved through his blood that washes us clean. That's the supreme sacrifice. In other words, there's no greater sacrifice. The, the death, the substitute, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He is the propitiation for our sins. He, that's Christ. He's been talking about Jesus Christ before that. Now, that's a good word. Maybe we don't understand uh, at the beginning. Some, sometimes we use words, but we break them down to tell you what they mean. And here, propitiation, we can say not simply, but that which which satisfies the demands of a holy God. And that is, there has to be a sacrifice. I, God cannot accept us the way we are. And God will, uh, there'll be judgment fall on us from God unless somebody can get in there and make peace with God. Propitiation is kind of like 
appeasing God. Listen, you can appease God by good works, even if you can do that. You have a lot of good works that cannot appease God. It has to be through the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we say we believe in the substitutionary death of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, is Jesus your substitute already? If he is not yet, hey, do it today. Do it today. Call on Jesus. He's the one who died for you and wants you to be saved. God bless you. Our phone line is open right now. If you happen to have questions about God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ, feel free to call us. The Bible says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When he traveled the road to Mount Calvary To complete the painful task he came to do when he led them nail him to the cross it was his way of saying i love you salvation was his purpose for this our lord would spend his lifetime through when he let them place the thorns on his head It was his way of saying, I love you When he traveled the road to Mount Calvary To complete the painful task he came to do when he led, then nail him to the cross. It was his way of saying, I love you. Within the halls of Pilate, compassion was the tone of voice he stripes on his back. It was his way of saying, I love you. When he traveled the road to Mount Calvary, to complete the painful task he came to do. When he led them nail him to the cross, it was his way of saying, I love you. Do you have a church in Garden Hill? There was a church in Garden Hill. Yeah. But we never attended there. We never attended church. Oh, okay. That's how oh. we were so far away from God. We didn't want to have anything to do with church. Oh, okay. We didn't want to have anything to do with the gospel. 
But like what my husband said, I had heard on TV about these young people that were on TV giving their testimonies of how God saved them, how God changed their lives. They had such joy as they were talking, and I wanted that. I wanted that change too in my life. But it wasn't until, what, several weeks later, God came into our lives and changed our family, transformed us. One of the things that I noticed uh, right away was God took away the desire for smoking because I used to smoke very, very heavily. Mm -hmm. And I, and he took away the desire for alcohol uh, immediately. If you knew my husband then, yeah. I said, oh, he'll never change. It was the Lord who was working in our hearts, in our lives. God changed him. And so your life changed. Yeah. On a daily basis at work, uh, I used, we used to uh, sneak off uh, into one of the rooms at work and uh, do some some stuff like uh, smoke pot and stuff like that. And there's always stuff floating around. People I worked with wanted me to come to, to a basement and smoke up again, but I, I just didn't feel like it. And I knew that something had uh, changed oh. in my life. Yeah. God did a miracle in my life. Did you ever feel alone after that? No, no, no. Yeah, God was with me, and, and even like um, being a Christian for 34 years, and um, it seems so um, um, amazing when you feel the power of His presence in your life and the love. I longed for love yeah. as a young child, and uh, He filled that need in my life and through my husband. Yeah. and through my family. On the road to Damascus, the Apostle Paul had a traumatic encounter with the Lord Jesus. He shared the impact of this experience with Timothy. He said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. What a testimony. Some of you might have heard the gospel since childhood, but like our guests, you keep putting it off until you experience hardships. You've come to the end of yourselves and you look for help. So, why not turn to Jesus today and let him deliver you from your sin so that you may be free to become children of God? If you need prayer and encouragement to follow the Savior, give us a call. On a future program, Arnold and Natty will continue to share their experience in Christian ministry. So stay tuned and invite a friend to watch Travel Trails with you. I'm gonna shout it while eternity.
He touched me And oh He touched me And oh The joy That floods my soul Something wonderful happened And now 